This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, special episode today, finals preview podcast. And because of that, we've got a full house rejoining us after, I don't know, man, ridiculous amount of time. The former Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, a current East Coast specialist who just got an up close and personal view of the Boston Celtics over this past week and a half. A guy I've had to tell multiple times that he's not allowed to be funnier than the host on this show and a man who ruthlessly and needlessly Busted me out when I called Peyton Pritchard, Kevin Pritchard in a recent text conversation. Mr. Wes Goldberg, what's going on, Wes? Great to be back, guys. Good to be doing this again. Yeah, shit. It's good to have you. Um, I've waited a couple of weeks to make that Pritchard joke, so I, I appreciate Even if it was a fake laugh that you gave me into the mic, dude, I'll 100% take well, it. What's funny is I had already forgotten about it. Yeah, I, I <laughs> shockingly and not funny, I hadn't, but I'm burying the lead. Mr. Goldberg is not our only guest, also rejoining us after too long. A longtime Warriors authority for the San Francisco Chronicle, who attends every practice, press conference, shoot around a game. A man who has now covered five finals with Golden State and a guy whose appearance on this podcast helped push Kevin Durant out of the bay. Mr. Connor Laterno, what's going on, Connor? What a great introduction. I appreciate that. My it's five pleasure. more finals than I've covered. Okay, wait, Wes. According to then, Connor. Here's my first question to you, dude, because I knew I I, and you already Wes when, I, hold on. I almost texted Wes when the Warriors made these finals and said, dude, what is it like to go down in Warriors history as the beat writer in the only two years that they didn't make the finals? Like well, they wow. didn't make the finals for like a whole lot of years. 
Okay, I'm talking about this, this is fucking incredible. But Marcus Maxim, just to bring you behind the fucking curtain here, I didn't know how I was going to make these guys battle. You know what I mean? Like they're not covering <laughs> the same team anymore. So I wasn't sure how to get the competitive juices flowing. It turns out I didn't have to say shit. I just had to put them in the same Zoom room. And here, watch this. I'll try to get it fired up a little bit more. Wes, if I had not included that in the final or in the in the intro, if I hadn't said that Wes, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus, that Connor covered five finals. How far into this episode would we have gotten before Connor brought it up? I mean, like over under two minutes, do you think? I was going to say about four minutes, yeah, well, yeah. I, but immediately after all of the introductions and banter. Yes. Boom. And it, I've been thinking about West a lot the past couple of days because in press conferences and stuff, there's been a lot of talk about how the Warriors, you know, leaned on their culture to get through these really hard times and the, the league worst season and the pandemic and all that. And I just keep thinking about West like, yeah, Wes got through that, and then he bounced and couldn't experience the reward. Okay, Marcus, if you were Wes and you just heard that, would you take it hard? Would you just laugh, dude? Like, how how would you experience the not-so-passive-aggressive shit-talking that Connor is certainly uh, delivering right now? I would take it a little harder, but I'm sure Wes is okay because – his Miami Heat had a nice little run in between that time. So. Are you are you kind of at some point expecting Connor to ask Wes what time the next Heat game is? Because I think that would be <laughs> wait. Hold on, did the Miami did fun. the Miami Heat make the finals? <laughs> I don't think they did. Is Wes covering the finals? I don't I don't think he is. Let's uh, let's turn this into some compliments while also making sure that they're competitive. And Maxime, I'll direct this to you. This is no joke. So today's a big deal, man. Maybe the biggest podcast we've done in three years. We haven't found our back at the top of the mountaintop and here we are so these two guys are hand selected i needed people who weren't just knowledgeable but entertaining and i'm doing this now not only because it's true because it is but i want to give them some pressure you know what i mean I, i want them to feel like they are our best guests and they have to perform at that level so what do you think have have we set this up now would they be feeling a little bit pressure after we've done this yeah, I was listen. I, I think one of my favorite episodes, and I think from feedback from uh, from the fans out there listening, one of the fans' favorite episodes was the last time this crew got together. Um, it was also a drinking episode, so I think that definitely helps. But I gotta say, I was a little bit nervous because we were all in the same room at that point, and the, you know the the camaraderie was fierce, and I was nervous that the Zoom was gonna tamper that down a little bit and i tell you what it did not at all i think you set the stage quite nicely i mean for those who are watching this thing via the video you'll notice that connor is actually at chase center i don't even think he has to be there i think he's just doing that to kind of troll all of us that he is actually there uh connor i know you have limited time so um i'm going to direct a couple of questions to you and then we'll jump in in earnest here here's the first one and answer it honestly did you think you'd ever cover another finals man you know with this core uh, over these last two years you think you'd be back here to be completely honest with you, I did not. Um, I, I really did not um, for a lot of reasons. Um, I just felt like I felt like the window was closing on them actually making the finals. I thought that they would be a legit contender. I thought they might have a chance to make the finals, but I figured so many things would have to go their way, and there would honestly probably have to be a lack of a truly elite team in the NBA, which – you know, most years there is a truly elite team in the NBA. This year, honestly, nothing nothing against the Warriors. The Warriors are a great team. I would not call them a truly elite team, um, but I would still pick them to, to beat the Celtics because I don't think the Celtics are elite either. And I don't think any other team in the NBA this season was elite. So um, those are the reasons. But I had a little bit of a surreal moment when 
you know, they, they won game five to officially make these finals. And we're talking to Clay post game. We're talking to all these guys post game. And I just was like, this is so weird. This is so weird. Cause I mean, Wes, you understand what I'm talking about. Cause you were literally on the road with me during that league worst season. And I mean, we're writing about Eric Pascal every day. Like <laughs> it was rough. Like it was rough. And for them to go from that to this, just, it does not feel real. It really does. I really thought that that was another pseudo fuck you question. Wes, you would know what this feels. Actually, no, you don't because you haven't covered the finals. Wes, uh, here's a real question to you. Be honest with me. Um, Two-parter. Part one, did you think this core, Steph, Clay, and Dre, would find themselves back in the finals? And then part two, after you left, because, I mean, dude, you're from Miami. You're covering your home team. You're in a very good scenario right now. But you and I are similar enough, um, and so maybe I'm just projecting. But the second part is, did you kind of hope that that core would not go back to a finals after you left? So take them in any, uh, any order you want. Sure. I already forgot the first. Oh, you, know, um, you asked if I thought they would. You asked me on a podcast. I think you asked both of us on a podcast. Maybe it was that last one that Maxime was talking about over under one more finals that this team gets one more championship. And I think I said, even, I think I said, I said like push one more. I had no, I didn't think at all that it would be this quick. I didn't literally think I would like move and then they would get there. I, that's not what my expectation was. Um, and there were moments where I was like a little bitter. I was like, really? Like, you can't wait like one more season to make the finals. Like you really just to line this up perfect for when I move, you just, you gotta go that way. Um, so I was a little bitter, but then it got to the point where, uh, we're in the conference finals and, um, you know, it's the final four teams and there looked like a real opportunity that it could be heat warriors. And Connor had been texting me. Um, you know, a couple of weeks, few months before it was like, cause you know, the heat were obviously the one seed, the warriors were very good. Like, Hey, like, what if this is a thing? Like, what if we meet in the finals? And I was like, not even ready to have that conversation or even think down that road. But, uh, once we got to the final four, I was like, wow, this might actually happen. And then of course I was rooting for it to happen, you know? So like, nobody wants to see Dallas in the finals. Cause like boring, no thanks. And then, um, and I was like, yeah, I can go out back to the Bay, see all you guys like do all these things again. Uh, go back to Chase Center, you know, it, it would have been cool. So little, you know, I, at that point, I was no longer bitter. But after a while, I was like, people are really going to think that I'm the reason why they're back here. Connor, is there any truth to the rumor that this season has been called the Fuck West season by the Golden State Warriors and that they have a picture of him in the locker room that they throw darts at after every win? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even remember where I heard I that. I will say that I don't think the team has fully moved on from Wes's departure um, in the sense that there have been multiple times this season where I heard and saw Steve Kerr refer to the new, uh, the fill-in Mercury news writer. There was a guy who, who was filling in on the, the beat for well over half the season before their current person. And uh, I heard Steve call that guy Wes multiple times. In, oh, that just that just tells tells me that Steve has no idea who I am, and he could be either like, way. It could be either way, Wes. I mean, maybe he just really misses you. You know what I mean? And like, and like, I, I will occasionally call other kids Kylie because that's my daughter's name, not because I think that they look the same, but just because I'm always thinking of Kylie. It could be that, or that could be another phenomenally executed fuck you by Connor. Um, and only Connor knows the. Uh, the well, answer I, to that. I, I did see Steve in Miami, and Connor had actually told me that story, and I was like. <laughs> Does Steve Kerr not know what I look 
like that would be really weird. I spent a lot of time around Steve. That would be very strange. But I saw him in Miami. I was like, hey, Steven. He's like, oh, hey, Wes, what's up? And like that, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Like you obviously know who I am. So why are you calling this other guy my name? Did you see him call five or six other people Wes during that interaction too? Or no, it was just you? Well, Connor wasn't on the road. So he just started talking to all the people from the (laughs) Bay Area. He was like, very good question, Connor. But Connor wasn't there. This is incredible. I'm going to move us over to our glass half full. I know. I, first of all, I'm, I feel bad I'm giving Wes. Don't feel bad. Crap, no. Erase I'm this part. Even, I'm not even on the beat anymore anyway. So it's like, yes, I'm technically covered. That's another bottle. brag. Connor's like, <laughs> I just got promoted. <laughs> like, I feel so bad. I just got promoted. I would call it more of a lateral move, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you get to write more fun stuff and you get paid more. That's not exactly a lateral move. I think we've only been recording for about eight or nine minutes, and I think it's already my favorite episode of the last like five or six months. And I we also got even, promoted, by the way. I don't have to cover the stupid Warriors anymore. Talked about the finals. Don't you don't have to get angry at the Warriors, Wes? You know, make sure that this is guided anger, man, because we have a lot of open-ended questions. I'm going to need you to be optimistic about. And in fact, we're turning to our first. But Marcus, I know that we also have limited time with you. So why don't you tackle this one before you lose it? This is the glass half full West. Uh, you've done this with us before, but mm-hmm. at the risk of telling you something you already know here, look back at recent hoop. What I mean now is the first three rounds. Look back at the first, second, third uh, rounds in the Western Conference playoffs and give me something you like and something you don't. Marcus, go first, but hedge towards towards the upside, right? The optimism. We are, you know, we're back in the finals, man. There's shit to celebrate. What is that stuff? What stuck out to you? Uh, okay, so yeah, I'll hedge. Um, something I didn't like and just go quick was Clay's lateral movement. Um, he's lost a step or he hasn't regained that step um, after these two-year break from injuries, and he's going to need all of those steps to stay in front of Jalen Brown. Um, but what I do like is that we have done all of this and we're back in the finals without our number two draft pick. There's a lot of times when teams will draft a pick and it'll be a bust. You know, you can think of number twos that were bust, like a Hashim to beat from back in the day. But, um, you know, I don't think Wiseman is a bust yet, at least. Um, So to be doing all this and be back in the finals and have this great run. And we had two years off and got a number two pick out of it. And he hasn't played a single minute all season. I think bodes well for us, even though he won't play in the series. I think it just goes well for us um, looking forward as well for this championship window to stay open a little bit longer. Connor rapid fire before we lose you. And I'm going to drop the format so we can get your responses, right? Here's my first one to you. Will golden state be uh, at full strength? Otto Porter jr. Gary Payton, the second Iguodala. Do you think we'll see them in the finals? I think we will see Porter and Gary Payton the second. I'm not sold yet on Iguodala though. They all seem to be trending in the right direction. Um, all three of them fully practiced today, but it was a light practice. Uh, I believe tomorrow will be a full contact practice. So if they're all practicing in that, that that would be a really good sign. I'm just a little bit skeptical about Iguodala given his hit in- injury history this season. But it definitely looks like Porter and Gary Payton the second will be ready to go perhaps as soon as game one on Thursday, which is significant, um, especially Gary Payton the second because Gary Payton the second is, in my opinion, all-defensive caliber perimeter defender. And we already know that that Andrew Wiggins is a really nice option on Jason Tatum, but the Warriors don't necessarily have a great option on Jalen Brown or, you know, the number two guy. And so 
you know, if, if Gary Payton II is available, you can kind of toggle him between uh, Tatum and Brown and give Wiggins a little bit of a break. So that's that's huge. And I, that's the biggest thing I'm monitoring. But Otto Porter, um, you know, he, he was number two on the team in plus minus, number one on the team in net rating before he got injured. He's been like an essential role guy. So that would be big as well. Elevator pitch. Why can Golden State win this series? They're a better team. <laughs> I mean, that's the Cliff Notes version. Um, I did a really in-depth, big piece looking at this matchup yesterday. and Was just, it more in-depth and bigger than anything Wes has ever done? Probably. I mean, I guess Wes uh, does some big things. Shout out the West side. Uh, but I was – my big takeaway was that the Celtics don't have the offensive firepower to match up with the Warriors. Now, we both know they're very good defensive team Celtics are probably a better defensive team but keep in mind that Robert Williams the third and Marcus Smart probably their two best defenders are dealing with injuries right now and they're not a hundred percent um and so when you factor that in with just their lack of firepower offensively they don't have a true number three option to Brown and Tatum I just don't think they're going to have enough and plus keep in mind these Celtics have a combined zero games played of among their entire roster of finals experience. Uh, the Warriors have like 153. Um, and I think that when you're talking about close games and a high stakes moment like this, that championship DNA, as cliche as it is, really matters. And I, I think the, the Warriors are going to win. And honestly, I wrote seven games in my preview, but I really think it's going to be five or six. I think, I think there's a better chance the Warriors win in five than lose the series. Give me an official prediction. You essentially just did, but that was going to be my final question. Who wins? How many? Let's be a little hyperbolic and say Warriors in five. Oh, It'll probably wow. be Warriors in six, but I'm just going to say Warriors in five. You can make a lot of money if you bet that, man. You need to take your ass to Vegas. Any parting shots at any of us? Obviously, Wes is going to get a chance to answer all of this. I'm going to ask for your elevator I do pitch. want to just say we just got Connor to admit that he just straight up lies in the newspaper. He said, I, I put, I put <laughs> Warriors in seven, but I didn't really believe that. So that's uh, good. I put Warriors in seven. Because you're a liar. And immediately regretted it after it published. It, was, it wasn't that I was lying when I wrote it. It was Dang. that I second-guessed myself. Must suck to work for a newspaper, and then that's things just, like, out there, and you can't edit it afterwards. Well, especially after he's been promoted so many times, Wes. It is what <laughs> it is, dude. You know, I'm, I'm sure you he's – think you would get that perk. Next time you're negotiating, Connor, you should get that post It's hard to keep track perk. of, like, what he's writing on when he's just going, you know, just going everywhere, meeting different people named Wes. It's, it's a right. hard life. <laughs> Covering tons and tons of finals. Hard life that he lives. Connor, I'm sure we will speak to you again during these, uh, during these finals. Appreciate the time we had today. Get out of here, man. Go, uh, right, go I really appreciate done. it. Sorry I couldn't be on longer love you guys love you Wes yeah, we're all good man we'll talk to you soon <laughs> let's pick up where uh, Connor left off so this is in our golden question stuff right in in golden questions you've done it with us this is our mailbag we have a few of them and this question the gentleman asked us to do an elevator pitch on three different concepts I think you and I have done elevator pitches before but just in case the idea is easy I think it's a Hollywood term if you have a movie you want to make don't have the money to make it find yourself an elevator, in an elevator. yeah well somebody could do it you get 30 seconds to explain it so yeah. here are the three things I want your elevator pitch on we mm -hmm. already heard the first. Why can Golden Crypto? State win this series? Oh, no. I'm going to go back to you. I'm going to go back to you on that one. But give me the other side to this. Yeah. Why can Boston 
win this series. You just watched fucking Boston through a seven game series with the uh, heat. You know exactly what this team brings. Give us yep. the elevator pitch. What should we be worried about as far as the Celtics are concerned? This is easily and by far the best defense the Warriors have played in the playoffs. Uh, not close. And not just is it the best defense from a qualitative standpoint, but it's also from a style standpoint, the worst kind of defense Golden State can play, which is a switch everything type of defense. And I think we throw that word around, like the switch everything, that phrase around uh, often. Like it's it sort of become uh, sort of like, hey, that guy can guard one through five. And there's probably only like three players that can actually do that. And, and, Switch everything means it, it does mean that they can switch everything. It doesn't necessarily mean that they do. I think what I saw from the Celtics in the conference finals was that they can switch everything, but they do a healthy amount of, of other things too. They'll throw some zone at you. They will go man to man at different times. Um, they're incredible in transition defense as well. And so there's a lot of things that this defense can do stylistically that I think was the problem with the Mavericks is that on both ends, offense and defense with them was it's like, okay, we do this thing this one way. And it took all of what one half for golden state. If that to figure it out, you know, they probably figured it out in film before the series even started. They're like, Oh yeah, we could beat this team. And then they, they gentlemanly swept them. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case with Boston. I don't think that they're an easy team to figure out whatsoever. And defensively, I, it's going to be a hard, they have always played golden state really well. They've always guarded Steph and clay in that group really well. And I know that the, I know that Connor said, you know, the warriors, they have this great high level scoring that he doesn't think that the Celtics can keep up with. But I think you're judging that against what we saw from the warriors in the playoffs where they were playing no good. they, They weren't playing any good defenses. Like, so once you get that offense to come back down to earth a little bit, I think that would be the elevator pitch uh, for the Celtics. That worries me. Um, and Marcus, I want you to give the other side of the coin and basically back up what Connor was saying. I want the elevator pitch about why Golden State can win it. But first I'll say what you just identified, Wes, where's the shit out of me, man? I don't, I mean, it, it's, it's not, you know, breaking news, but the Celtics are not only a great defensive team, but there's nobody to hunt. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the Warriors have made, um, you know, that have had a lot of success using the pick and roll to figure out exactly who they want to torture on the defensive end. And I'm not sure there's that person on Boston. You know, they got a lot of six, eight guys who can basically guard any position. MT, yeah, I'm I mean, starting to just one more point on that. I'm sorry, but like Connor even said, not to like just completely dismiss everything Connor said, but I'm going to do that anyway, because <laughs> he's not here to defend himself, which is the best time to do that. He said that Robert Williams and Marcus Smart were their two best defenders. And I don't even think they're, they're in the top two defenders on Boston. I, I, I would put Grant Williams and Al Horford as better defenders than Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. So that does kind of go to sh- goes to show just how much depth that this team has. And I'm probably not even right on that, but it's even debatable. The fact that it's even debatable that your defensive player of the year is the best defender on your team is it just speaks to their depth on that end. Somewhere Connor's spider sense just went off. He's like, what the fuck? And you could feel that somebody right. shit housed him probably justifiably empty. Uh, bring us back to the optimistic side of the coin. Give us your elevator pitch. Why can golden state win this series? Uh, because Golden State has played some tough defenses. Uh, Memphis and Dallas were top five in the league this season, so they beat both of them. Um, and they're just deeper. Um, Boston is coming out of a series where they've been banged up, and they had to go to seven games twice, and the Warriors had a nice long rest. So um, as as bad of a matchup as Boston is for Golden State, and I think that is a true statement. 
I think the length of these playoffs and how long Boston's been playing and they're banged up and their inconsistency will catch up to them with this Warriors team. And um, I think the Warriors close it out in five. Let's go. I mean, you guys keep that's supposed to be the final question, right? I mean, Wes, don't fuck me. Keep your guess no, until the wait. end, dude. Do yeah, do not drop it now. Um, do I think that the Warriors can win this series? Of course I do. Of course I do. Look, is this 2018? No. You know, do we have the talent that they did then? No. Will any team ever have talent like that again? Probably not. I really like this format of asking yourself questions and then answering. Can we just do that for the rest of the show? They're called yes. mailbag questions, asshole. That's literally how I set this up. And yes, I'm going to participate. I'm starting to be on Team Connor. I'm just going to say it. I, I, didn't, I was trying to hold that back, but now there's no question. I feel like Connor was 100% right. And I'll have you know, I've called multiple guests on this show, Wes. It just is what it is. So me and Steve Kerr have a lot in common. Getting Am I offended here. by that? Don't really care. <laughs> the other Wes's definitely would be. Anyways, dude, I'm explaining to you why I think the Warriors can win this shit. Look, Steph. Clay, Draymond have shown that the reports of their death has been greatly exaggerated, right? In the course of what, about a month in a Western playoff bracket that everyone said would be so goddamn tight, it's impossible to predict. The Warriors have rolled through two teams, only required six games once, and in the process, beat the MVP, the MIP, and the new face of the league. Are they guaranteed to win this next one? No, but do they have a shot at winning it? Of course they do elevator pitch maxime to you not who wins or doesn't what makes good television out of this this finals matchup why will warriors boston be worth watching even if i'm not rooting for either team i mean everything that we've been talking about about how they're a heavily switching team some of the things we haven't talked about about the way that they play on offense is very akin to the way that warriors play when they're at their best so you're getting to see two very well matched up teams at all five positions go at it head to head i think it's going to be a fantastic series just from a basketball perspective there's also some great storylines you know jalen brown um just signing with donda sports kanye's uh, uh sports marketing agency so shout out to kanye so, shout out Kanye. You know, you got to make it happen. I know Wes is a big Kanye fan. That was for you, Wes, for sure. <laughs> but also, I, like I mean, that Max seems the only one on this show trying to be friends with me. That's just- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I love you, Wes. Settle down over there. But, you know, it, the, the point that I, for bringing that up is um, not just to make Wes love me more than the rest of you guys, but also to say that we're very likely to have um, some pretty awesome uh, people on the sidelines that are pretty outspoken and have some mm. interesting things to say. So I think it's just going to be a really fun series whenever you tune in. Elevator Honey, pitch. It has been at Chase Center this year, right? That was that was not my imagination, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that could happen again. I hope he doesn't go to Boston. <sighs> Why is Wes the best guest on this show? Elevator pitch. Go ahead, Maxine. You can you can continue your love affair with Mr. Goldberg. I mean, anybody that's watching the video doesn't even need me to say it because they already know. You see him occasionally sipping from that whiskey highball glass, and you know, right? If somebody's sipping whiskey, they know what they're doing. Wes, in part of your intro, I said it's a guy I have to constantly remind not to be funnier than the host on this show. I think we both know of any compliment I could give. I feel like that's the biggest one, man. So, I mean, the fact i got to repeat it now, you know. Oh, we yeah. love you, Wes. You're good. Yeah, I wasn't looking for like a bunch of apologies and like a love okay, fest. This actually yeah, makes no. me way more uncomfortable. Just yeah, go no, back to and, making fun and of And me. I would like you to erase <laughs> that portion, Maxime, as quickly as you can. Wes, give me the other side, man. So, you know, I, I yeah. kind of painted you into this, this tell us about Boston. Tell me about the Warriors. You look at this. Why can the Warriors win this series? I just think like, I, this isn't going to be breaking news, but like they just could score. <laughs> from so many different 
it's not just the depth. Everybody keeps talking about the depth of scores. You know, they score from different angles. They score from different shapes and sizes. They score from so many different ways. It's just, it, it it's when when you're the the Celtics and you faced uh, the Nets in the first round with Kyrie Irving kind of having one good game, and then from there on, you basically said, "All right, as long as we stop KD, we're good." So you you know you know where the offense is coming from in Brooklyn, and you're going to stop KD. All right, Milwaukee. No Chris Middleton, you know. All right, everything starts and ends with Giannis. If we could stop him, we we we've we've won the series. In Miami, as limited as they were, like they knew, like if we could just get in front of Jimmy Butler, we could pretty much win this. We know that Jimmy Butler at the end of the day is going to do all the scoring for this team, especially when Tyler Hero is hurt. So, um, with the Warriors, that's just not going to work. You know what I mean? Like Steph Curry is arguably more impactful without the ball in his hands than with the ball in his hands. You know what I mean? Like it's that crazy of an offense where you've got now Clay Thompson starting to make that turn offensively where he looks like the Clay Thompson of old. Uh, you've got Jordan Poole able to erupt in any moment uh, during a game. You've got Andrew Wiggins doing things now, which is weird. Like dunking on dudes, like, <laughs> like, like he's angry and means it, uh, you know, uh, you've got and you've got Draymond Green who can't score, but he's a playmaker who's very effective, obviously. And so you could just score in so many different ways with this team. Um, and they cut so well and all these things. And the one thing that is similar between the Warriors and the Heat is that they're the most ball movement cutting teams in the league. All the tracking data, it's those two by a mile. Yeah. And so I think what that that the Celtics series against the heat prepared them for head on a swivel. There's going to be a lot of backdoor cutting. There's going to be all this kind of stuff. It's going to get them prepared for a movement heavy team, the way that golden state is. So um, I, I just, I don't know what the ceiling for the scoring is on the warriors and, and may, to put that even better. I don't know what the, the ceiling of the impact of that level of scoring, sure. the impact of that gravity, because I don't care that Dallas and Memphis were top five in defense. They weren't as good. They weren't even close to the Celtics were historically great defense. All right. Top five, get that out of here. Like you just look at the rating Celtics were incredibly better, incredibly better uh, than every team in the NBA. Uh, But I don't know if that, how much that's going to matter versus how much the the Warriors scoring is going to matter because it is so explosive. I thought of you after that Wiggins dunk, by the way, you know, the one over Luca. I mean, you and I, on the course of this show, have made various jokes about his lack of expression. So, like, of all the things that I didn't think would happen, you know, an explosive dunk, an explosive dunk over the new face of the league, an explosive dunk over the new face of the league, and then he screams in exhilaration and, like, smiles and has all these emotions. As he was doing that, I almost wanted to take a picture of his smiling face and send it to you because we just, whoever would have thought that he was going to do that? Like, suddenly his his personality is spilling out right the lines yeah this was the guy who i did a feature on uh on my last season on the beat there and literally had to ask we were in a car together going to an event that he was doing for charity and i literally had to ask him do you hate doing this interview right now because he was just giving me nothing at all and i just had to like try to get anything out of him and i think he felt bad and started after i asked that and started to give how did he answer that just one word no like what did he say after he said that (laughs) he didn't even look at me he just kept looking at his phone he's like nah (laughs) i was like did you even hear my question whatever (laughs) do you know how much i love you for asking that question like that is that's so fantastic if that's me i just keep peppering him with like all these other ridiculous questions he's not answering at all like at least you did that for you you know i respect the hell out of that uh All right, here's another one we need your take on, and you're the perfect person for it. So we've done this in all the series so far. 
Um, and I want your take on it for this one quote, what player on Boston will golden state fans come to hate? So we've oh. been like, we've identified a bunch of people Where on our way up here, right? You have now watched Boston. Yeah. You've watched yeah. it through seven games. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like you and I are kindred spirits that, yeah. that things on the court, even though you should like maintain some kind of neutrality from would annoy you would, would get under your skin. Mm-hmm. So what player do you think is going to drive us crazy by the end of this series? Okay. So you just asked me two different questions. So I'm going to answer the first one, which one is warrior fans going to come to hate? So with that phrasing in mind, Warriors fans already hate Marcus Smart because everybody does, right? Because okay. yes. he's very annoying. Excellent. So uh, that he's off the table. That can't be the guy because you already hate him. Grant Williams, dude, is so annoying. All right? And I can say this as an, it doesn't mean he's bad. It doesn't mean he is good. It doesn't mean he is dirty. He is annoying. And he's annoying to the point where I think he annoys his own teammates. He's like that annoying. Like most guys are like, yeah, you really want to play against him. Thank God he's on our team. I don't think the Celtics feel that way. I think they're like, don't want to play against him. Don't really want to play with him. This dude is super annoying. Uh, He's an incredible defender. Might be the best defender on that roster, but God, does this guy ever shut up? No, the answer is no. So he is constantly talking to the other team, which is not rare, but it is annoying, right? Like that's sort of what the market smart people, you know, just jawing, trash talking the whole thing. You're like, all right, like maybe score a point and then we'll talk. But with him, he's like, he's like that guy who is like always involved in the huddle. Right. He's like, but he's not like the heat's guy is Udonis Haslam, right? Miami's uh, yeah. The uh, golden state's guy is, is Draymond green for the most part. Right. Or now maybe even like Andre Godala, where it's like every huddle, they've got something to say. And you're like, all right, cool. You're Draymond. You're Andre Godala. I'll listen to what you say. You're Udonis Haslam. Multiple champions, been here for literally for since the dinosaurs. I will listen to what you have to say. Grant Williams, you just got here, dude, and you've not <laughs> won anything. And I don't, and, and you think you're the leader on the team. I don't think anybody else thinks of you that way. And I, you could just see it's just so annoying all the time. Uh, and so I think Warriors fans will tune into that. They will see that. They will understand that. And they will be thoroughly annoyed by it the way I am right now. Amazing distinction up front on come to hate, but not as amazing as you like trying to hedge by saying, look, I'm going to say Grant Williams is annoying, but I don't mean that he's a bad player or anything. And then you immediately followed it up with, but I do mean that his team doesn't like him and they don't want to share a locker room with him. Just, it just feels that way. I'm not, it just feels that way. And if it were true, I would totally understand it. (laughs) So I got the same person and you've already nailed most of it. So I'm just going to add something that's totally unfair. Just amazingly, incredibly unfair. You know what annoys me about Grant Williams? His fucking posture. It, it looks like someone has challenged him to hold a quarter between his ass cheeks while he plays an NBA basketball game and has somehow decided to do it. Like, fuck it. Or there was a hanger in his jersey and he didn't have time to take it out. So he's just playing with the hanger in there and it just is what it is. And I, I keep waiting to not be annoyed by that. And I, I just am every moment at every second, whenever they show him, I was like, how do you bend down? Like, can you even bend at the waist in any way? So uh, I am with you and I'm with you for really unfair reasons. Maxime, do you, uh, is it a clean sweep here? Is there somebody else who sticks out to you? It is. And I heard, no, it gets Grant Williams. I, I, he had a quote recently that said, yeah, I'm the guy that when the teacher said, Hey, it's time to move on. Unless anybody has any questions, I would then raise my hand and ask another question. Oh and my God. Could uh, you ju- I, we all know people like that. Dude. That, well, that's an incredible amount of self-awareness on Grant Williams's part, but also that is literally the worst person, right? That it doesn't get worse than that. <laughs> here is our next question. Um, a gentleman writes in to ask boys, 
who is the most important player in this series on each team, not named Steph or Tatum? Start with the Warriors, Wes. Who's the most important player on the Warriors who is not Steph Curry? Um, well, I'll tell you who it isn't, and it's not Andrew Wiggins. And everything I'm reading about Andrew Wiggins off of that Dallas series is, oh, my God, is he actually Maple Jordan now? Uh like, I think, like, ESPN ranked him the third best player in this series. I'm just like, look, I'm all here for, like, the Wiggins love, but let's not get crazy with this. Um, so it's not right. Andrew Wiggins. Should I tell you now or later that my player is Andrew Wiggins? I guess I'll wait. <laughs> we'll do it later. We'll, we'll just we'll do that later. I think it's Jordan Poole. Why? Um, I thought a lot about this, actually. I didn't know you were going to ask this question, but I was trying to do this in my head earlier. But um, I just think that from one series to the next, the way that the Heat – defended and played against the Celtics. There was a physicality there. There was the intensity. There was all that championship experience, like all that stuff, culture, like all that stuff that is being thrown out there about the Warriors now was there with the heat. And the Celtics did struggle with kind of that stuff a little bit as sort of the new kids on the block. But what the heat didn't have was that sort of freelance scorer who can just erupt at any moment. Tyler hero was that guy. For them for most of the season but with the groin injury he just wasn't available yep and so i and i i couldn't help but think like during that whole series boy do the heat really need tyler hero and it wasn't even because they couldn't really score in the half court because they couldn't but it was just like you could kind of see that against boston's defense somebody like that probably could thrive like just sure. this guy who is just a, a, a little bit of a wild card and jordan Poole certainly is that for the Warriors. And I think that if the, if the Warriors are going to win this series, they're not going to win it with defense. They're not going to be more physical. Um, I don't think they're even really going to win it with just raw talent. I think that both of these teams from a sheer talent perspective are pretty even, <laughs> but I, I think they're going to win it with offense. And Jordan Poole is the guy who is like their offensive, like double, like the, the chips behind the card, right? Perfect. It's like, Oh no, we're going all in on offense. We're doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on this. And if he can have a really big series the way he did against Memphis, uh, I think he could be huge for the Warriors and would be instrumental in them winning. I think this is a true question, um, a true question in the sense there isn't a wrong answer. You know, I think this is going to be a remarkably close series. Uh, I mean, I'm spoiling the ending here, but I think it will go seven games. And I think that they're going to need contributions from everybody on this roster, not named Steph, including JP, if they're going to win this. Uh, where I was coming from on the Wiggins thing, although I see where you're coming from, um, if the Warriors are going to be successful in any way in stopping this team, he is going to be the primary defender on both Tatum and probably Brown. You know, he's the guy who we used against Luca. He's the guy who we're probably going to use in this series. And we're still going to lean on him to maybe be our third primary scorer. So we will need something from Wiggins, but that's not to say that what West just dropped for JP is wrong. We're going to fucking need it from Poole as well. We're going to need contributions from across yeah. the board. Uh, Maxime, other side to that coin, who's the most important Celtic in your mind, not named Jason Tatum? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's Al Horford. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, he's been fantastic in the series so far. He's their, he's their center. He's their biggest player. And, and, you know, there's reasons to be concerned about how Looney is going to match up against him, what that means for rebounds on both ends, a stat that I know Wes uh, doesn't believe matters at all. Uh, but nonetheless, this is, uh, I think, somewhat important. Um, but it's also something that, uh, <laughs> that, that 
you know, is important because of uh, what might happen as the series progresses. This dude has played a lot of minutes and I think he's just cresting 75 years old or something. Um, So he's not going to go well if he makes it to seven games. Um, He's played almost twice as many minutes in the NBA playoffs uh, as Kevon Looney. Um, And I think we're going to see as the series progresses, especially if like you're predicting it goes to seven games, um, him wearing down. And that's going to be an opportunity for us to strike. I love the suggestions. I mean, Al Horford spent a couple of years in like the NBA Wilderland. You know, he was in OKC and didn't give a shit, was missing a bunch of games. Now he looks like, you know, he actually was just not giving a fuck when his team wasn't contending. And I can associate with that. I like someone who kind of kept it in pocket until, you know, the, the stakes were high and he actually brought it now. What's your answer to that, Wes? Who's the most important player on the Celtics that isn't Jason Tatum? Yeah, not Tatum. Um I think it's Jalen Brown uh, because he's kind of their wild card because there's nights like he had a 40 point game in that series against Miami. And I didn't think he played well at all. I actually thought he had a bad game because he also had like eight turnovers or seven turnovers in that game. Um, And that's kind of the thing with Jalen Brown is that when you crowd him after like the first or second dribble, he tends to forget how to dribble and we'll just give you the ball. And he's like, I don't know what else to do with this now, so you can have it. Um, and I, if he's that, then I really think the Celtics are going to struggle because there's going to be have to, uh, there's going to, they're going to have to score with Golden State. And Jalen Brown is their kind of most combustible score, especially if Peyton Pritchard's not really in the rotation, sure. making threes. Like Kevin, Derek Kevin White Richard. is able to make two threes a game max, and like then he's not allowed to do it anymore. Marcus Smart, it's like four, but only when he takes like. 11 attempts or 12 attempts. Um, and so I, I think that they are going to need that other score. And if it is Wiggins against Tatum for most of the game, then I don't really know who else guards Jalen Brown and he could have a nice opening um, on the offensive end. And, and so he needs to capitalize on that. So I think it'll be Jalen Brown. Following up only on you saying Pritchard. So let's rewind the clock. Uh, I don't know, you know, three weeks ago, whenever the hell it was that I texted you. So Maxime, I text this full. Pritchard had just heard, hit a three. And I think it was game one, game two. Boston takes a big lead. Miami then came back. But at the time, I reached out to Wes and really just wanted to start a text conversation. I love Wes. We hadn't talked for a while. And so, you know, what's going on, I think. And then I said something along the lines of, I hate Peyton Pritchard or I can't stand this fucking guy. And he wrote, I'm sorry, I can't stand Kevin Pritchard. And Wes wrote back, do you mean Peyton? And then, you know, for him, there's inactivity. For me, I'm immediately Google searching. What's his first? And then fuck, like just hell of upset, dude. Trying to come up with some, like some kind of joke to justify it. Didn't have it. So here we are. I'm on the other side of this Kevin Pritchard uh, disaster. And there's nothing I can do about it. That's right. It's only the second time you brought it up on the show, so it's fine. Yeah, you really really like you put it behind you, yeah. (laughs) Well, later on, what you don't know is I'm going to ask myself a question about this and then answer (laughs) it to make you really happy, Wes. Here's our next quote for years now. The pundits have said that the Warriors can't both build for the future and attempt to win a title in the present. They even went so far as to say Golden State was wasting Steph's title window by not trading for another vet. Now that the Warriors are back in the finals, has Golden State proven that they can, in fact, have their cake and eat it too? What do you think, Wes? It was all that bullshit. Now have they conclusively proven that they were right to not make that move for another veteran? Um, Well, if the expectation is just to make the finals and you're happy with that, then yeah, they've already proven that. But I don't think that that's anything that even Joe Lake up in this ownership group who made that decision to, you know, try to tow these two timelines would be even happy with. Um, And so 
No, I don't think we could say that at all yet. I, I think it's if you were premature. Bob Myers, you were right now. You did, you know, today. What is it? Tuesday. They don't play till Thursday, and you could somehow you had access to a time machine. You could go back in time and make that trade for a veteran so that you had them today. Would you would you change their approach, or do you think you'd be pretty happy because they're already at the finals and at least a shot to to win it out? Um, I don't know. I I. I... <sighs> Can I just still not like it, even if the Warriors win the championship? I'm going to just still not like it. I'm going to just still not like it. Uh, I, I I just don't like it. I think is when you a, have a guy like Steph, you go all in. I was one, of the, pun- I was one of the stupid people that said, you can't do both. Uh, I still don't like it. I said it a bunch Regardless. of times. Yeah. I had like a thousand different analogies for it. I said, when I'm teaching my kid how to drive, I won't do it during a road trip. You know, I, I said, like, you want to give them space. I will also say that now that they're in the finals and it looks like this young uh, group of players is not only developing, but will make Steph's title window longer. Am I glad that they did what they did? Yes. Do I think they, they're having their cake and eating it too? Yes. Yes, well, I do. Well, the two guys who are actually doing the whole extending of the title window are two guys that weren't the draft pick. Are the guy, they're not the draft picks. Like Jordan Poole is a late first-round pick, maybe not even supposed to be on the roster this time, like at, at, by this point in his career, right? Like I, you never knew what – you don't know what you're going to get from a late first-rounder. So uh, his development was huge, and that happened during those two years of being bad, right? And then with Wiggins, you traded for him. He's still really young. He's kind of the guy that's in between the Kamingas and the Wisemans and the Stephs and the Draymonds and the Clays. Like he's 26, 27 years old. Uh, Those are the guys extending the window. Like as much as we love Jonathan Kaminga and all of us think the world of Kaminga, he's not doing anything to help this title. Those are the guys who are keeping that window open right now. But we already knew that that window was open. The people who will be extending that window next year, five well, years But we didn't now, know that the, this window was open. Well, I don't just, think we did. To, well, they, the window is open. My point now is, it is yeah. Kuminga and Moody have both gotten real experience during these playoffs, experience they would not yeah. have gotten had they been traded away. And assuming that they stay on the team and continue this this trajectory, they will extend Steph's window. There's no question. You know, as, there's a as, question. I would push back on that. No, I don't. They could well, be. be they could like benefit from playoff experience and be good players, but that doesn't really like not every good player opens up a championship window. Fair. I don't know Do, that. We, that's, that's fair. Do we know for sure what's going to happen? No. Is there a possibility that they extend that window? Yes. Could they have kept that open had they been traded? No. For sure, no. You know, they'd, they'd be gone. So, I mean, there, there's at least a, a logic path here. They've made it to the finals, and they still have the tools to keep that window open, right? Yeah, I guess. But, like, what if you, don't, it. Make, what if you don't win the championship this year, and then what? You're like, cool, we made the finals and then lost to a more talented, deeper Celtics team? Wow, we I mean, really should have traded those picks for players that could well, have We'll have you this. back on and see whether or not. All we okay. can do is answer the question as of right now. As of right now, it's been a successful approach, right? So far, it's been all right. <laughs> I mean, it was Connor saying the nasty things, dude. Not Golden State. You don't have to fucking let it out on them. Let's go back to optimism. I'm hoping. Here's the question we've been teasing. Wes, who wins this and in how many games? It's going to go seven. I have no idea who's going to win this series and I'm not, I'll give you, I'll give you my answer, but I really don't feel good about it. Okay. So 80% of the Vegas money is on the Warriors. All the analytics, like the 538s, the ESPN BPI, 
80 plus percent saying that the Celtics are going to win this. Yeah, let me let me define those numbers because you're 100 percent right. Uh, yeah. 538.com NBA stats site says Celtics have a 80 percent chance of winning. And then Vegas, which obviously has odds for the titles, have Golden State as a minus 160 favorite. So that means you mm -hmm. have to bet 160 dollars to win 100 dollars. So um, I I'm going to just go on a limb and say it's probably somewhere in the middle. It's probably not going to be the Warriors you know, walking over the Celtics, like the betters think, and it's not going to be the Celtics walking over the Warriors the way that these analytics think. So yeah. um, I, I think it's going to be a tight series. It's going to go seven games. Um, I, I think that the Warriors have not seen a team like this, quite like the Celtics this entire postseason. So I don't know how, I don't know what to expect the Warriors to look like. The Celtics have not seen a team like the Warriors this entire playoff run. So I don't know, really know what the Celtics to look like. So that's the other part. I just know the Celtics defense is really, really good. And it's a bad matchup for the Warriors. And I know that Steph Curry is a bad matchup for every team in the league. Um, so I don't really know uh, <laughs> is my answer. I'll go Warriors in seven. Let's go. I'm going to go Warriors in seven. My brain tells me it's Celtics in seven. My heart, my like my gut tells me it's it's Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. And I don't know whether or not that's a good gut or a bad gut, good gut. intuition, right? Good gut. Um, but I'm going to go, but they have home court. That that might matter. I don't really know if it will in this series, but I'm going to go Warriors in seven. But I, I really don't feel good about it, and I wouldn't feel any better about it if I said Celtics in seven. It's a, it's a straightforward guess for me. I'm going towards intangibles as opposed to talent. And for that, it's home court advantage and experience. The Warriors have the tally marks on both sides. I say the Warriors in seven. But the thing I'm more positive about is that this series is going to cost me years of my fucking life. You know, like this, so up until now, Wes, the Warriors have had pretty much a fairly easy run. Two gentlemen sweep. One one series that went to six, but you know, no, they didn't really get pressed. I've been losing it, man. I've dented my drywall. Literally, I put a hole in my wall because of the the, the turnovers the Golden State has had. Every single time the other team scores, I like lose all confidence and lose my mind. So I don't know what's going to happen as far as who wins this series. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping it's Golden State in seven. I do know all of my hair will be white. I may be divorced at the other side of this. Like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to survive it. And I know it's going to be super hard. Uh, Maxime, what's your prediction? Yeah, we're hedging all over the place. And I think that shows you just how exciting this series is going to be. You know, last time I said Warriors in six and, hedge, you know, pushing towards five. Um, and I felt pretty confident about that, right? Saying that the ceiling was Warriors and six against Dallas. Here, really, the the spectrum, I think, you know, Connor gave us a Warriors and five. I think that's that's pretty optimistic, um, you know, but it could go all the way to, I think Celtics could take it even in six. Um, but for me personally, look, I think the 538 metrics are, 538 is using regular season numbers, and we know that we're a different team than when we faced Celtics overall in the in the regular season. So let's not be looking too much at the data. The the other thing I think that's worth pointing out is that if 538 is using the regular season statistics to get a sense of what's going to happen now, those regular season statistics only include nine minutes when our core is playing together. Steph, Clay, and Draymond did not play at all. And if those are the stats that are helping inform that 80%, then that 80% is bullshit. You know, that that's not the team who the Celtics is going to be facing. That doesn't mean that everything we just said isn't on the money and it's not going to be an uphill climb. But I think that 80% is a misnomer. It's not looking at the right matchups per se. Um, and in fact, let me make my prediction a little bit more rock solid. Warriors in seven. 
Warriors are going to win this. I think it's going to be hard, but I think they ultimately point it out. And when they do, I can't wait to have Wes back on to tell us that we can have our cake and eat it too. It'll be incredible. Wes, uh, here's a real scenario I need your, uh, your opinion on. All right. So I just kind of set it up, man. But like watching these games is stressful as hell for me. And so because of that, especially for finals games, playoff games in general, but especially for finals games, I'm careful. I'm kind of protective of who I watch these games with, you know, because when you see somebody throwing their phone into the wall to the point that it like makes a hole in that wall, if you don't already have a rock solid relationship with them, you know, your perception of that person is forever broken. Yeah. So that's our backdrop. And I've got a friend who reached out to me. I don't, I don't watch a lot of games with this guy, but we talk basketball. He's in my life. I know he's a Warriors fan. And he reached out to me earlier this week and said, what are you doing for game one? And I missed it. I, I didn't see it until the next day. So I texted back kind of embarrassedly saying, look, you know, my bad, missed this. Um, and then tried to hedge it by being like, yeah, of course I'm watching. And because I felt guilty, Wes said, yeah, sure. You know, dude, if you're around, let's definitely watch. Sounds great. Oh, no. Okay. His next text back says, that sounds great. I'm with my brother-in-law, Reggie. We'll be there at like, I don't know. He gave me some time for Thursday. Wes, I don't know who the fuck Reggie is. I didn't even know this fool had a brother-in-law. I now have this stranger coming to my house, dude, which I'm like, I'm not okay with him anyway. I'm already nervous about it. So two questions. Question one, for that guy, it acceptable? You know, like I didn't, I didn't give him a lot of space. I, I threw out the, you know, come through, you know? So is it acceptable for him to just be like, yep, me and Reggie are coming through? Or should there have been another question of, do you mind if I bring someone with me? All right. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> so I knew uh, you'd be perfect for this. <laughs> that person is always the worst person. <laughs> who just when they get invited to a thing, just bring like other people to that thing, assuming that these other like you get a, this isn't a wedding. You don't get a plus one. What exactly. are we doing here? It's yeah. He should have asked you. By the way, my brother-in-law's in town. Cool if he comes through. Also, would be a normal thing to ask, right? Maybe he's like, ah, it's Bram. Like he'll be cool with all brother-in-laws. You also have another <laughs> brother-in-law. You should bring that one. He loves brother. It's actually Bram's best. Favorite thing is brother-in-law. So just bring as many as you got. Let's all go. Um, I, I I can't, it's like the same thing as like when you're trying to hang out with a friend and then that friend shows up with his or her significant other and you're like, oh, I like, I, I like this other person, but I didn't know it was like this. Like, like just, just say who you're, who's coming to the thing when they're coming and why. And just, just tell me what's happening. Like that's, is that so hard? That person no. is the worst person. No, it's not. Okay. You're hundred percent right. Maxime, are you on board with this? Yeah, yeah, and I, I have some I have some suggestions on how we can get out of it, but let's let's finish. That's the, the next uh, step. That's the, the next step. Where am I now? What are my options, dude? Because I, I haven't responded. I list been two days. It's right. just been radio silent, Tell which them, is sorry. its own response. Sorry, I live in a porta potty. There's only room for two people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're cool with watching it in here. We have a nice television though, and the bathroom's hella close, so you don't have to worry right. about it. There's no hand sanitizer left in that hand sanitizer thing, though. But like, can I say anything? I feel like I'm kind of trapped that it's going to be Reggie and I. Like, there's nothing I can do. There's no outs now that no, you have I'm to cancel invited. the whole thing. You have to cancel the whole thing. He can't come over either. You can't, but like, you can't with just a lie, kick out one person. Like, I'm not going to watch it anymore. I feel sick. Is it just like I'm just not watching this with anybody? I mean, what's my move here? Because I yeah, don't want to do this, man. I don't want to watch it with him. You, you, you seem taken aback at the idea of lying. I didn't think that was going to be a problem. It was a question. I didn't say I was oh, taking okay. back. Oh, okay. I just, I just was, you know, was I an option. Yeah, no, you lie. You, you super, super lie. You super lie. 
you lie, you say you're sick. No, you have you have a daughter, dude. You can lie all the time. You just say your daughter's sick. Like every time that works. Oh, it's shady. You don't ever want to use that one. Because then you feel like if she gets sick, you feel oh, shady. Oh, you've tempted no, the, yeah, the yeah. But I mean, I, I am not above lying to say that I am sick, which uh, which I may be willing mm. to do. Maxine, you have an out for us here? What were you going to suggest? Yeah, look, what I'm going to suggest is, is based on the assumption that you don't want to totally blow it with this person. Right. So if you just because if you say, hey, no, never mind, you can't come over anymore. Like, I don't care what the lie is. There's going to be some head scratching going on and the guy's going to be thinking, man, I don't think this guy likes me anymore. So I don't think you can outright not watch the game with him and brother Reggie. But what I think you can do. So, Wes, you don't know this, but it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago and Bram totally appreciate that. And so I think there's an opportunity here to say, hey, listen, like my buddy Maxime, it was his birthday and he hit me up, too, and said, you know, like for his birthday, we didn't get a chance to celebrate because I totally blew it and didn't give, uh, you know, wish him a happy birthday. And he's, you know, pretty sad about it, even though he's playing it really cool. And uh, and so one thing that we can do what, you know, he was like, hey, I'd like to go watch this game at the Athletic Club Oakland. Right. So then now you're inviting other people. We kind of like, yeah, pretend it's a birthday thing, but we have a lot of us there. And, you know, Reggie just sort of proceeds into the background uh, and we have a good time. Maxime, I didn't know it was your birthday a couple of weeks ago, man. That's awesome. Happy <laughs> no, birthday. Thanks, Did yeah, I already yeah, tell I you that? that. Or, yeah, that's really that's really embarrassing for me. Also, Maxime's answer to your question of how to get out of watching the game with people is to invite himself and create and add more people. <laughs> to this one. And you know what? Just go to a bar, just watch it with like. Tens and tens and tens of people. That would really solve your problem. Well, to be fair, I only watch it with brother-in-laws. I've always kind of been a brother-in-law guy, you know, so like the more of those we can have uh, at the risk of overboring you guys with stories. So half of the story- Tell your friend he can't go and only his brother-in-law can go. Oh, that's that's exactly right. It's Reggie and me from here on out, dude. Uh, (laughs) Last time something like this happened actually involved Marcus in a way. I wish uh, Marcus is no longer with us. We'll, We'll- Hit him up on the next. You mean that that he's not on the Zoom call, right? No, no, he died about 35 minutes ago, Um, (laughs) which is really sad. And I'm sorry to announce it this way. It makes it really. No, he's he's no longer on the Zoom call. Uh, But I've happy belated birthday, Maxim. I've told (laughs) half of this story without um, reflecting Marcus's place in it. But go all the way back to game seven that the Warriors lost to LeBron. You know, one of the worst moments as a sporting fan I've ever had. And at that point, I've got two younger sisters. My youngest, youngest sister, I think, was like seven years old. And the story I've told on this show is that somewhere in the first quarter, uh, LeBron gets a call. I am out of my mind, and I scream without thinking about it. Why don't you just suck his dick to the refs, all right? And again, my seven or eight-year-old sister is in the room. Fast forward to the fourth quarter. We're, we're all super tense. The Warriors are in the process of pissing this thing away. A call happens. It's super silent in the room. And my seven-year-old sister goes, why don't you just suck his dick? Which, which was really, which was awful for everybody. That's the portion <laughs> of the story I've told. Here's a portion I haven't. At that party was Marcus. And Marcus had brought his then fairly serious girlfriend. I didn't know real well, man. Like it was kind of one of the first times we met. And to Marcus's credit, I invited her. It wasn't a Reggie scenario. But since that moment, since the second she saw me teach my seven-year-old sister how to scream out the phrase, why don't you just suck his balls? Never liked me, dude. I'm pretty sure. Like, I got it. We got to ask Marcus. It's unfortunate, you know, he died earlier. Otherwise, he could tell us. But uh, I, I, that has forever colored my who should be with us when we're watching the finals. And it's kind of one of the things I'm worried about. You know, like, I don't, who knows how maybe Reggie will call me. And they'll both hate me at the other end of this. I have no idea, man. But part of you was like a little proud when that the little girl is like, why don't you just repeated you? Why don't you just suck his dick? Right. <laughs> You're just a little proud. You know, if I wasn't so like, 
catatonically depressed as it happened, you know, because like the Warriors were losing at game seven, man. It was, by the way, Father's Day, I'll have you know, which is why my sister was there, my parents and my mom, like everybody was there. Were you drinking out of a father of the year coffee mug as you were screaming that out of the TV? I don't know. I don't remember. The only thing I remember is everybody hating me justifiably in that room. And then me realizing that that everybody included a, a significant other of a really close friend of mine. And there was nothing I could do, man. It was nothing I could do. It was what it was. So, uh, MT, when you listen to this, please contact me if you're still in contact. Let us know, dude, if she hated us, because I'm definitely going to ask you that uh, as part of our next podcast. Wes, I missed you, man. Um, and I am sure that everybody feels the exact same way for people who need far more Wes Goldberg in their life. Where should they go? Twitter, WC Goldberg. Check out the podcast. Uh, I'll be covering these finals on Locked on NBA. You can get that show every Friday morning, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. So uh, if you want any more of my thoughts on um, the Warriors and why Grant Williams is annoying, you can find it there. Uh, I can tell you that we've been following Wes on all his endeavors and with all the jokes in tow from earlier today, he is by far one of my favorite guests and is phenomenal at what he does. You guys knew that, but it's at least worth throwing that in here. For those of you who want more of our takes or uh, want to suggest a golden question, let us know we did a good job. Just send us condolences on Marcus's death. You can send that to our email address, which is at uh, dubs and six. At warriorshuddle.com. Boom. We've changed the address. You can also hit us on our social media account. Uh, that's only on Twitter. That's at Warriors Huddle. Uh, with that in mind, go Warriors. And hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.